promise, Lord, never again. But I also know that you know what a weak willed person I am. Don't regret this, Lord. I'm a wonderful person. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one crying out, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. Every valley will be lifted up. Every mountain and hill will be leveled, the uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will appear and all humanity together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice was crying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass, and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fade. And the breath of the Lord blows on them. Indeed, the people are grass. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our God remains forever. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain. Jerusalem, herald of good news, raise your voice loudly. Raise it. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power establishes his rule. His wages are with him and his reward accompanies him. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. This is Isaiah 40. Uh, this is our Old Testament text for Sunday. And uh, it's Isaiah 41 through 11. And it's one of my favorite Advent texts. Uh, I think we almost get it every single Advent. But what I love about the one-year lectionary is we would get it every year if we did the one-year lectionary every year. But it's a beautiful text. So we actually have a wonderful hymn that's actually written written uh, with this with uh, this text in mind comfort comfort ye my people speak ye peace so says your god uh, this this beautiful uh, explanation exhortation of god's good news of god's comfort of god's blessing coming to a people who don't have it that's one of the big things here in Isaiah. This is the big turn where, where exile has taken place and now the prophet's words are turned into something else. Where the prophet's words, instead of uh, repent, now are comfort. Comfort, comfort ye my people. Even though scholars talk about how, well, there's multiple, there's first, second, and third Isaiah because there's multiple Isaiahs as far as just this Isaiah camp versus just Isaiah as, as one person. And part of it is because they say here in 40 and afterwards, the message changes. Well, circumstances change. Uh, and there's places within the first portions of Isaiah where God is saying the same thing to his people. But I don't want to get into all of that discussion. Instead, looking at these words, there's about a thousand sermons that could be done. Comfort, comfort my people says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. Announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Her iniquity has been pardoned and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins, saying, the time is over. 
The time of the drudgery of this life is done and God is now going to collect you. He's going to bring you together and take you to a place of comfort, to a place of peace, to a, to a place of salvation and redemption and freedom. In part speaking to these exiles, but even more so speaking to us of the Christ who is coming. The one who tells us that in this life now, in the brokenness of this life now, we have all our sin. We have all our pain. We have all the things that we bind up ourselves and bind up others with. All the law. All the hardships. All the things that we think are not that big of a deal that we can go ahead and take care of on our own and yet we discover that we can't. And here God says, no, I'm speaking comfort to you because you need it. You need this as part of your, your, your word to go into your ears that you might hear what it is that I'm proclaiming to you. And then we have the section that talks about uh, John the Baptist, right? A voice of one crying out, prepare, a way, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness, make straight a highway for our God in the desert. It's funny that the Gospels say a uh, voice of one crying out in the wilderness because they talk about how John the Baptist was out in the wilderness baptizing and preaching. And yet the text here is actually saying uh, a voice of one crying out, colon, prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness where God is saying, let's return back to where we were before. When I brought you out of the land of Egypt, when I redeemed you, when I made you my own, and then we were in the wilderness and you did not want to trust me, and so you wandered for 40 years. I'm going to bring you back out into the wilderness. I'm going to take you out of exile, just like I took you out of, of, of Egypt in the Exodus. And there, the good news is going to happen to you that mountains are going to be laid low and valleys raised up. In other words, the places where you think, okay, I need to climb this mountain for God so I can be closer to God. I need to do this thing for God so I can be closer to God. Oh, I need to do, I need to follow this law, do this ritual, be this type of a person, get up this way so I can get closer to God. And God says, no, I'm going to tear that down. It's going to be leveled out into a plain. And then we get into those dark valleys, the valleys of the shadow of death, and we say, oh, God has abandoned me. God has left me alone. God is nowhere to be seen. God is punishing me. All these other words that we use. And God says, no, I'm going to raise you up from there. I'm going to raise you from death. I'm going to bring you peace and comfort and love in my name, God says. And then we have this whole section about us being grass, about we're really nothing, right? That, that, that actually is a comfort to us, especially when we're faced with obstacles of people, when there's actual evil being taking place in the world, uh, that, that we can trust in the fact that it, they're not going to live forever, that, that the, evening, the, the evening scales of death are going to come for us all, to where we're all going to be evened out in the end, that we can't take anything with us, Naked we came into the world, and naked we leave it. And, and that God is, is the, the purveyor of the good news that we need of life out of death, but also salvation from sin. Zion, herald of good news, go up on a high mountain. Here is your God. We all know the story of Christmas, right? And I was talking about this with the youth the other night, about how we know the story, and so it's one of the hardships of being a pastor is trying to preach on that same story over and over and over again. And yet... We don't need to do much preaching. We tell the story and we say, hey, if you still are struggling to know who this Jesus was, well, there was a star 
there were angels, there were shepherds, there was Gabriel, there were eventually the wise men and Epiphany, even Joseph. All these things pointing and saying, here is your God. Here's the one who's coming to you with good news to say, I'm going to level the playing field. It's all going to be a plain. All sins are going to be forgiven. All death is going to be conquered. And that I'm actually going to be the good shepherd, as he talks about in John 10 here, which is what we get in verse 11. He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing. So if you're wondering how we can connect something like John 10 to the Old Testament, there you go. God coming for you to capture you, to make you his own. That is the work of Christmas. That is the work of Christ coming for you to, to do the work that he is supposed to do, which is to be the leveling of the playing field, to, to be the sermon that comes into the world to, to bring life to bring comfort in the midst of pain. Think of how your life has gone these last couple of years. What sort of difficulties have you had because of, of the pandemic? And here we have God speaking to you in Isaiah, what it is that Christ is gonna do for you and continually does for you each and every day. And then one day will complete for you when he returns again. Let him comfort, comfort ye, my people. Uh, it's it's well, it's number twelve in the old service book and hymnal. But uh, comfort, comfort ye, my people. Speak ye peace. Thus saith our God. Comfort those who sit in darkness, bowed beneath their sorrows' load. Of the peace that waits for them, speak ye to Jerusalem. Tell her that her sins I cover, and her warfare now is over. They don't write them like that anymore, do they? It's a beautiful, beautiful hymn that we should hold on to and cling to as, as the good news of what God is doing in Advent and Christmas. Let us pray. Lord, we beseech thee, give ear to our prayers and lighten the darkness of our hearts by thy gracious visitation, who livest and reignest with the Father and the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Well, church, go in peace. Serve the Lord. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy Advent.